0: Hey everyone, and welcome to New Way, the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. I'm your host, Sarah Hayden. If you've been listening alongside us in the first several episodes of 2021, you already know that we are dedicating our current season to life in the wilderness.
1: There's a community right here in this house. There's earth, there's worms. There's mice, there are rabbits, there are birds. I have to start paying attention and put words to it. We do not know how to do it because there's no words. So for me, everything that I'm trying to do is to create a new vocabulary for faith. Because if prayer is the vocabulary for faith, we definitely need a new vocabulary to start praying with.
0: This week, we're back with part two of my conversation with Claudio Carbales. We talk about prayer as a movement, as a rhythm, as a force that forms and shapes us, and through us, our communities. And we talk about what it means to develop a holistic view of the world and all the creatures, great and small, within it. And also, we talk about praying with worms. Let's jump right in. Thinking about this way of seeing ourselves in God's freedom that encompasses those whom the world has lost sight of, Mm. and those who feel that the world can't take its eyes off them, those at the center of the world and the edges of the world, Mm. and how in the wilderness, in God's design or in that provision, we are able to find one another and be for one another. That radical disorientation and reorientation and the ways in which that so tangibly plays out in our lives beyond worship yes carlton johnson who was on a podcast a month or so ago he talked about this in his home church in atlanta that prayers were prayers that offered divination that they were a source of a word a phrase that would reverberate in our bodies that would reverberate in the prayers bodies and gradually be adopted as a refrain in the congregation that when true prayer was happening it was not embodied by one but it was a force a rhythm and a movement that caught up in other people and left the sanctuary and left the church and people who were not praying could see that and sense that energy
1: precisely so let me tell you a story about what you're saying We have departmentalized our lives and this form of capitalism that we live hits us so hard. So our faith is ordained by the process and structures of capitalism, which means that you are on your own. Hmm. Sarah, if you find a job good for you, if you don't find a job, what can I do? Hmm. There's something with you that didn't work. I don't know. Did you go to the right seminary? Did you read the right books? Were you nice to your presbytery? <laughs> Did people like you? I mean, uh, perhaps you're not a nice woman. Perhaps you're <laughs> too much of a abrasive woman. <laughs> perhaps you were pregnant. And so mm-hmm. I, uh, you got pregnant in the wrong time. Right. And so all of this, it is like all this criteria, right? Mm-hmm. That it is all about the structures of society that allow us to live in a certain way. So for instance, if I am a part of a middle class, like our churches, middle or upper class churches, but if I don't pay my rent and I am get evicted, I don't know if my church will want me. Yeah. What are they going to do with me? So this reverberation that you said, I love that word. It is about a life that reverberates into other lives. It's a prayer that reverberates as life. To somebody else as grounding, as care, hmm. as forms of being together. And so the whole life is together. Even if I have a job or if I don't have a job, if I have a house, or if I don't have a but what we have, our churches are cup holders of identity and class and race. It's hard to relate in a way that is beyond what we have. Yeah. So I was a pastor in Fall River, Massachusetts. That's why I came to the United States.
0: To plant a church, right?
1: Yeah, to plant a church, to start a church with Portuguese speaking people in Fall River, Massachusetts. So it was a, a, a religious zoo there because I came to, as a Brazilian Presbyterian, being hosted by a Lebanese church to work with the Azorians from Portugal and organized by the PUC USA. So it was it was the uh, natural
0: was, uh, holding space for that kind the, of diversity.
1: Yeah. I remember we had this once we we had a church. We had people from all kinds of faith. We had uh, atheists and we have pentecostals and we had very conservative, very liberal. But th- that was the place where we found ourselves together. And once we find ourselves together, you find yourself. Yourself. Your, My, yeah, exactly. My mm-hmm. self alone is never alone because it is together. Mm-hmm. So it was a church of mostly undocumented people. I was the only one who had documents at that mm-hmm. time. So, but anyways, I was driving one day uh, or a Friday morning to the uh, post office. And, uh, there was a line that there was town, but there was a line or a car line waiting for a parking spot. So. I am on the line and then there is a spot behind my car on my left that opened up. So as I try to move, the person behind me just goes and parks, you know, a story that we all go through in malls and supermarkets and we kill when we die for it. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was so mad. So I got out my car and went to that person and said, excuse me, did you see I was in front of you? And that was my turn and the person didn't respond. And I said, excuse me, do you know that I was in front of you? And why did you do that? And the person didn't look at me and I said, excuse me, do you? And this person said, let me tell you this. The first places are for citizens of this country. And if there is any place left, if there is one, then you can take it. <gasps> well. Perhaps I think the person realized that I had an accent. I don't know why, but it's (laughs) (laughs) person. But anyways, I got so angry, Sarah. So angry, literally, that a cloud, a white cloud took over me. And I don't remember anything until I opened my eyes and the person's not even there. And there's nobody in the parking lot anymore. And my car is still running with the door open. I don't know how long I was there for five minutes, an hour, I don't know, so I go back to my car, and I park the car, and I spend three hours there trying to process it, and then throughout Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I have to decide, am I going to bring this to the church, or not, So when worship comes, then I decided, I feel that I needed to say that. So we used to uh, record the service for the people who couldn't come. They were working. So I said, turn off the recording, close the doors. Here's what happened to me. And I told them and I could see how people were just nodding all of them. Mm -hmm. (gasps) And then I said, okay, now. Do you have experiences like this? Everybody raised their hands. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, let's share. And people start to tell stories, painful stories, painful stories. And I remember there was one after and then we all start crying. And, and then I remember vividly a moment that I said, I cannot finish with this feeling. There's something else. Nothing is only one thing. Mm-hmm how do we hold the paradox of this moment and then i start saying yes but we are here today because there was a group of people who loved us and provided this space for us remember that group of people that came here two months ago and brought us this remember that other group that invited us to their church Remember that, remember that, remember that. See, the remembering, worship is about remembering, right? So that we can have a better sense of life, that we are more than our predicament. I was more than that morning, uh, Friday parking lot. I was that community. I was the larger community. I was part of my mother and my father and my siblings. I'm part of the earth and the trees that were there in that town, the river and the ocean. I was part of it. So I had to remind myself of that. And that service were more than three hours. It was the longest service we ever had. We started at 6.30 and went until 9.30 or so. But that is the sense of the reverberation we share, but we belong to each other, Mm -hmm. and then we care for each other, Mm -hmm. and then we sustain each other. That's why we go to church. This is the same thing that happens in society is what happens in in the worship. Why do we have Medicare and Social Security, for instance? Because there is a point in which you're not going to be able to work, Sarah. So you will work for somebody who's retired now because they don't have the strength to work anymore. You do have the strength, so you do work now. But once you get old and you cannot do the work, somebody going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to sustain you. Today you can pay for your medicine, tomorrow you cannot. So today I cannot pay, you pay for me. Tomorrow you cannot pay, I pay for you. So it's the same thing in worship. What do we go to worship? Because today we're going to worship and we are going to sing. And we are going to sing because the three of us here can sing. Mm -hmm. But tomorrow, Sarah cannot sing. So Martami and I, we are going to sing for you. And we're going to pray for you. And then when I cannot sing, you both are going to sing with me, for me. Mm -hmm. And remind me of what I have forgotten. Yeah. Yeah and that's the reverberation of words and lives and prayer it's all life Mm -hmm. it's all life Mm -hmm. and one thing that we have to expand is the notion of the earth that we don't consider we only consider human 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 we have to remember the earth Mm -hmm. to expand ourselves and know that we are way more than this fractured sense of self that we grew up with. Yeah,
0: whether it's a telescopic lens or a panorama or a microscope, we can notice, even with our own bare eyes, that the worm, as you mentioned, the insect, the birds, the apex predators, that all of these creatures in the world are contributing with their bodies and their work to the way in which the earth functions, their giving of themselves. And human beings are really the ones that, in some ways, we've bought in to this myth and convinced ourselves that we are some other form of life that does not owe our bodies and ourselves and our livelihoods and work and our gifts Mm -hmm. back to the earth. But you said praying with a worm, and I thought, I love that, and that's weird. You know, like I've (laughs) never—I've got, you know, Sam and Ben who are— little boys and we count a lot of worms and we get excited when there's 12 worms it's not strange for them yeah we're good at finding worms and i thought they would love to pray with worms and why not and i'm curious in your book i know you have a plant liturgy Mm. how would you pray with a worm claudio
1: Mm. ritual is about paying attention right Mm -hmm. what you're paying attention to so for me jesus always pay attention to the lonely the least of these so that's what we do mm-hmm. but for we need to start paying attention to the earth because sarah your children will not gonna have a good earth to live mm-hmm. and your grandchildren much less so we have to start praying differently so we have to start praying with the worms, get them in your hands and ask them permission to pray with them and be blessed by them and say, can you bless me and then put them back where they belong, but I'm trying to teach my kids to pray with the birds. Mm -hmm. So I was one day, I remember Ike was six and uh, I was taking him to the bus, so six or seven, I don't know. And I stopped and said, listen, he said. Listen to what. What do you hear? I said what, Dad? <gasps> Can you hear the birds? Can you hear it? And said, so, Oh, Dad, the birds. And and, and the girls say, Oh, yeah, it's here a right, bird prayer. So, <laughs> the bird prayer, exactly. And then they passed. And then one day, I'm taking Ike to the bus stop, and he says, Dad, stop. I said, Stop what? Can you hear it? And I said, Hear what? <laughs> the bird. <laughs> it is a process of paying attention mm. like at union i did this worship service called confessing to plants which was it got hit i have Rough limbo that died had a whole an hour and a half on his program to talk about that yeah. what we did was to bring plants to the worship and we start to relate with them that comes from uh uh, uh the book braiding Sweetgrass," kimmerer yeah that she said, we need to relate yeah. because otherwise they're going to be objects mm-hmm. and objects that has no life. They're just there standing there either for aesthetics for the place. Yeah. Now with every class, I have my students praying with the plant yeah. every day. So that worship was about that, was about to talk to the plants. Yeah. And people start to say, hey, what is that thing now? You're talking to plants. It's just like, I remember uh, um, Fox News put a note saying, that teacher might have been high on weeds to talk to the plants. <laughs> so, but I think we have to start somehow, yeah. somewhat, and relating with the plants. I remember yeah. one of the students start crying saying, I don't know if I can talk to you, talking to the plants, because you're, I see your suffering everywhere in the world. I don't know if I can take that suffering. Hmm. So that form of relation, then we start to find words. I'm doing Stations of the Cross now and and the Earth with Ghost Ranch. And one of the things is to get close to a tree Mm -hmm. and start talking to a tree. Name the tree. There's a ritual to name the tree. And then there's a ritual of touching the tree. And I said to them, be careful. I might ask you to hug a tree. And they say, here he goes again with this tree. But it's about relationality. It is about being with my heart pounding with the heart of the plants mm. and in that way we can start perceive that we are never alone yeah. there's a community right here in this house a whole community there's earth there worms there's mice there are rabbits there are birds i have to start paying attention and put words to it we do not know how to do it because there's no word so for me everything that i'm trying to do is to create a new vocabulary for faith because if prayer is the vocabulary for faith we definitely need a new vocabulary Mm -hmm. to start praying with
0: yeah if you're listening to this and you think that this is the weirdest conversation you've ever heard i want to invite you to be curious about that notion what is it that makes us feel quote, crazy when we relate in that sort of human relational way to a plant, to a worm, to the earth that has not let us go during this time when everything else has failed us. I think about the ways in which my own heart has been open. And I have seen things I've never seen before when praying with another human being when you get to that space of reverberation and someone in that prayer circle has the courage to right. be a little crazy to right. be real enough to say repeat a phrase or to sing or to tell a story or to state their pain or or to hold silence if you catch that reverberation you are also joined in that way right and yes to neglect the power of holding soil in our hands yes. which life comes from yes. and is sustained by yes and to notice who is in it that's giving themselves yes. to the great peace yeah and sarah we
1: have to go back to being children mm-hmm. i mean not only because they are wonderful but because they know better i mean there's a reason why jesus said the kingdom of god belongs to them there's a reason mm-hmm. they can pay attention that we do not Mm -hmm. We adults think that they know anything. We have to teach them everything. Mm -hmm. We have to tell them, no, just go for a walk with them, just like your boys. And you start to see things and pause. Mm -hmm. And that's what elderly ears have to do too. We have the freedom to go back to that. I walk with my mother around the block and that's where she stops everywhere, just like a child. Because she looks at the birds. She looks at the flower she pauses to the plant that she sees oh our world is asking us to go slow it's like the verse that jacob tells his brother i need to go in the pace of the children and of the cattle we have to learn to go slow again Mm -hmm. we are living in super fast mode but the earth has a different pace I think one of the challenges for us has to do with the desert has to do with the wilderness has to do also those places help us to do that is to slow our pace if we slow our pace we pay attention to different things if we pay attention to different things we learn how to process it if we learn how to process it, we find language if we find language we expand ourselves and all of this together creates this sense of connectivity and of mutual reverberance of one into each other until we see that we are just one slow movement away from being full again we are full now we have arrived fully but in a slow process, we are going to continue to expand ourselves. Mm. And prayer help us to do that because prayer helps us to slow down. Mm. Like my mother, Mom, I, I'm fast. I need to go. I need to go. And the mom said, no, 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 no. Slow, mm. slow down. Let us pray now. Uh,
0: you know, I think about sometimes the more I pay attention to the worms in the soil, yes. you get to a point in your life maybe at times where you wonder how many more springtimes will I see yes. and all that that encompasses when you sort of how many more daffodil bulbs will come from the earth and the snow melting and the things that used to be hindrances to getting to the next season yes. of like, yes. well, the snow can melt so that I can see the summer and, you know, go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It become this precious testimony, the snow doing its thing. I mean, even Isaiah talking about, one of my favorite scriptures that as the snow falls down from heaven and does not return until it has accomplished the purpose for which I have sent it and so it is with my word God says and it has to be in our bodies for that to happen it has to be in passed on in that biological way I think not just an intellectual way
1: I think it's all together because in some ways this natural process came to us out of millions and millions and millions of years that the earth were able to organize its the, the critical zone that we live, everything is organized above us in terms of the temperature, in terms of the uh, how much sun we get, how much of the renewal of the earth and the water and so on and so forth. As we see this climate change happens, uh, this very process that you, you, you're saying in terms of the biological process is threatened and how how are we going to live right without this pattern that we are losing everywhere so i think there is a dramatic call to change if we are to consider the earth god's creation gods as sally mcfade would call the body of god if we are to be careful with this earth and not only longing for being with god after we die we need desperately to change we have to think like indigenous people they think in certain terms of seven generations three and a half generations before and three and a half generations after because of what they have received oh sarah if we don't pay attention to that If we don't start praying with all of these forms of beings, all of these forms of lives. If we don't change us as human in the center of the chain, and we just put ourselves in the midst of the chain. Just Mm. one more. Then we have to think about the rights of animals, we have to think about the process of planting, how corporations are extracting everything, what we eat, how we plant, and so on and so forth. So that's why there's this Buddhist sage that says that we have to shine in our own place. Hmm. And shine in our own place means like, to feel that you are a part of the fullness of that place. And if I am the fullness of that place, There's a river right there that I need to make sure that the river lives in fullness. If it is polluted, I have to go there and mend because it's hurting. Because somebody is hurting because of that so it it is how prayer helps me to pay attention if my prayer only pays attention to my belly button and cannot pay attention to the birds next to me or to the river next to me then there's something wrong with my prayer the prayer is this expansion of ourselves as we see that the earth is part of myself it's not only suffering inner being inside somewhere inside of our bodies no my body the earth the birds are part of ourselves when the birds sing sierra they're not singing their song they're singing our song as well if they cannot hear me singing in their songs i still have to pay attention to them and honor them so it's like this this student of mine we were talking about uh, ecology and worship and this student had this fascinating very scary baptismal proposal the, the river uh, next to her church was polluted so she went there and, and got a whole jug of of water and put on the baptismal font and you could see because it was transparent it was all dirt and said friends this is the water from our river and now I want to bless you with the water with blessed water. When she mentioned to blessed, everybody was just like, no. But it was fantastic. It was not from a bottle of water, it was from the local river. Why we don't care? Again, unless prayer expands my heart to the pulsing of every being around me, I'm just praying to myself.
0: Amen. Claudio, you have such a way of looking at the entire world. You have found a way and a story and a practice to invite us into. Thank you. I leave this conversation inspired and hopeful and renewed yeah. that God gives us permission and gives us what we need to be part of creation and to be a blessing. Yes. I just thank you for your courage and for going those places. Thank
1: you, Sierra. Thank you. Thank you. You're such a wonderful listener and your questions are such wonderful that you already gave me all the answers. So I just have to continue. (laughs) So thank you. you.
0: Thank you. So fun.
1: So fun.
0: Friends, you won't want to miss the opportunity to take a look at Claudio's forthcoming book out this March called Praying with Every Heart from Cascade Books. We are back next week with another amazing episode featuring theologian So Jung Kim, who reflects on the life and death of 13th century French mystic, Marguerite Porette. Porette's work, The Mirror of Simple Souls, consists of a conversation between reason, the soul, and love, and was recovered nearly seven centuries after her death at the hands of the church. Thank you for listening to New Way the podcast of the 1001 New Worshiping Communities Movement. Be sure to click subscribe wherever you found this podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can listen on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher and online at newchurchnewway.org. Our producer is the fabulous Marthame Sanders. You can see stories and photos from the humans who make up this movement on Instagram at 1001NWCPCUSA.